0: Traditional Chinese medicine is an ancient practice making waves in the modern health era. Addressing mind, body and soul as one unit, TCM aims to connect the human with the being on multiple levels. Health shouldn't be elusive or inaccessible, a notion that this ancient practice adheres to. Our products at Your Tea are merely a stepping stone to this brilliant wellness modality. Hence, we are here to honour and discover the intricacies of revered traditional Chinese medicine. In our podcast, we discuss the Chinese medicine approach and interpretation of health, what it means and how TCM endeavours to achieve it. From endometriosis to digestion, Qi to Shen, PCOS to menopause, eating to movement and mind to soul. From a TCM perspective, there is a significant relationship between ovulation and the period. Are you aware of how one influences and dictates the other? Knowing whether or not you are ovulating regularly, as well as understanding the ideal time of the cycle to be ovulating, is key to fostering a healthy and regular period. We once again called on the knowledge of TCM Dr. Lauren Curtin to discuss how diet and stress hugely impact ovulation, as well as other topics of conversation such as the organs that govern and nourish ovulation. Learn how to best nurture your ovulation by tuning in to this episode. Can you please describe ovulation from a Chinese medicine perspective?
1: So from a Chinese medicine perspective, ovulation is a really key point in the menstrual cycle. So it's like this manifestation of our kidney yin and we need a lot of good kidney yin in order to nourish and grow a really good healthy follicle which will then release a healthy egg and ideally this will happen mid-cycle and once we ovulate that will dictate when we will get our period. So typically. Ovulation will happen at some point in the cycle, ideally it's around day 14, and then two weeks later a period arrives. So when women have long menstrual cycles, meaning their cycles are longer than roughly 35 days, it means that there's been a delay to ovulation, but once you ovulate you will always get a period, unless of course you're pregnant, in which case you won't, but providing that isn't happening, once you ovulate you will always get a period. And that is what dictates when we will get our period. So from our perspective, from a Chinese medicine perspective, ovulation is really, really important because that will dictate how healthy our period will be as well. You touched on
0: it briefly there, but what relationship does ovulation have with the period?
1: So that's basically such a big key thing. So that's like the two main phases or two main Events in the menstrual cycle is ovulation and then our period. So it is possible to have a period without having ovulated, and that would be called an anovulatory cycle. So that will mean that a woman is just getting breakthrough bleeding that isn't necessarily happening in response to ovulation. Um, and that really needs to be explored because when we ovulate, that's when we make our hormones and that's when we get all of the benefits from those hormones. So if we're just getting breakthrough bleeds, that needs to be investigated, but typically those bleeds will be long cycles or short cycles. They'll usually be irregular, but and usually the bleeding will be quite irregular as well. So there'll usually be lots of spotting and usually it's a really light period. So if you're having anything like that, it's really worth confirming if you actually are ovulating because we really want people to be ovulating because that's how we make our hormones. Um, But otherwise, if we're ovulating really regularly, it means that we'll be having really regular periods as well. And typically, if we're nourishing and supporting ovulation, we're also by extension nourishing and supporting our periods. Talking about nourishing ovulation, how long
0: does it generally take to nurture ovulation from a TCM perspective?
1: So typically, it is that three-month mark. So each cycle we're ovulating, so typically two weeks after our period begins, ideally that's when we're ovulating, but that egg started its maturation process three months prior. So it's really important to appreciate that that whole process, each cycle and each ovulation that we have, a lot of months of work and energy and resources have gone into that ovulation. So usually it's three months and that's why... If we're wanting to make a change with our hormones, if we're trying to regulate our periods or regulate our menstrual cycles, it's really important to know that it can take that long to see a change. Speaking about changes in the menstrual cycle, how does diet impact ovulation? Diet has a huge impact on, on ovulation because that's where we're getting all of the energy that will then nourish those eggs. And one of the biggest things is paying attention to how much we're actually eating because we need to have a lot of fuel and a lot of raw materials to actually divert to our ovaries to help nourish the eggs. And if we're not eating enough or if we're eating really irregularly, our body just won't prioritize reproduction and it won't prioritize our hormones or ovulation. So we need to make sure that we're eating enough to actually support ovulation. So if you are experiencing no periods or if you're not ovulating, one of the first places to look is at diet and make sure we are actually getting enough food in. And that could look like three big healthy meals a day plus some snacks if you need them. But otherwise, we want to make sure that we're having really good quality foods and we're getting in lots of good healthy vegetables, lots of good protein and fat sources and some good healthy carbs as well because all of these nutrients are going to be supporting and developing our ovulation and make sure that those eggs are really healthy and ovulating at the right time in our cycle.
0: Are there particular types of foods that you recommend for ovulation?
1: So, typically, the main thing is just nutrient density. So, I would be avoiding overly processed or packaged foods because they're usually pretty deficient in quality nutrients. So, if you avoid lots of packaged foods, if you're avoiding junk food, fried food, that type of thing, by just as a follow-on, you should be eating more healthy whole foods that will be more nutrient dense. So looking at lots of root veggies, looking at lots of dark leafy green veggies that are really rich in B vitamins and magnesium, which are all minerals that we need for ovulation. And then looking at lots of good healthy fats, like lots of eggs and fish and nuts and seeds, if you can digest them and good quality protein and good starchy carbs, like sweet potato and pumpkin is really good to help nourish ovulation as well. And how can stress impact ovulation? Stress can have a really big impact on ovulation because in order to ovulate, we need to be primarily in our rest, digest and calm nervous system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. And when we're in that nervous system, that's when digestion is getting attention. That's when our reproductive system is getting attention. Whereas the opposite of that is our fight or flight response, and that is the sympathetic nervous system, and that's purely focused on survival. So digestion doesn't get attention here, and our reproductive system definitely doesn't get attention in this nervous system state. So if we're spending more time in our fight or flight response, if we are quite stressed, then our reproductive system simply isn't getting the attention or the energy reserves that it needs, and that can have a huge impact on ovulation. And one of the most common causes I see in clinic of delayed ovulation or no periods or irregular periods or long cycles, there typically always is some element of stress going on. And it's purely just like a priority thing, like our body is not going to prioritise reproduction if we're in a panic or if we're really stressed. So managing stress can have a huge positive impact on menstrual cycles and on ovulation and a lot of women can get pretty far in regulating their cycles just by focusing on stress management following on from stress how does sleep impact ovulation that can be like an extension of stress as well because if people aren't sleeping well that can be a stressor on their on their system and that could impact their ovulation but as well when we look at it, when we look at our circadian rhythms, ideally we're awake during the day and we're sleeping when it gets dark. And we can kind of see that as like a 24-hour rhythm that is supporting our fourth week rhythm as well and it's supporting our menstrual cycle. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, nighttime is our yin time and that's when our yin gets replenished and that's when it gets nurtured and specifically the kidney yin. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, the kidney yin is what then nourishes our period and nourishes ovulation. So if we're actually awake and more yang during our natural yin time at night time, that can deplete our yin over time. And we may see that as irregular cycles or irregular periods. So we really want to make sure that we're getting really good quality sleep and that we're not exposed to too much artificial light at night time so that we can actually have deep restorative sleep. And by impact of that, we will have uh, regular ovulation and then regular cycles. And the biggest example we have of this is there's lots of studies with shift workers and nurses and what their cycles are like because often when we're doing shift work, we're usually doing some night shifts as well. And typically, on average, women that do night shift work will have irregular menstrual cycles. And we've seen that with a few different studies So it's really important to see that just sleep can have such a big impact on our hormones and on our periods
0: you mentioned the kidneys there what organs have the biggest influence on
1: ovulation from a chinese medicine perspective so from our perspective in chinese medicine there are a few different organ systems that have a really big role to play in ovulation and in our menstrual cycles But from my perspective, in terms of ovulation, the kidneys have a really big role to play because they're like that base essence that is nourishing and growing those eggs. And typically, if people have issues with their kidney yin, there can be issues growing good, healthy quality eggs and having good, healthy ovulation. So we really want to pay attention to the kidneys, but then also the liver, because in Chinese medicine, the liver encourages and influences a smooth flow of qi throughout the whole body and for ovulation to take place there has to be that dynamic movement happening to allow for that transformation and that's what the the liver is all about. So we really want to make sure that we're supporting liver health with good quality foods and that we're not overburdening our systems with lots of exogenous chemicals and working on stress as well because in Chinese medicine Stress is the emotion that has a really big impact on the liver and can stagnate the liver. So looking at emotions can be really helpful. And then also movement because the liver is an organ system that's really heavily influenced by movement and even just like gentle stretching, getting lots of side stretching in so you're getting those liver channels. Lots of hip stretches can be really helpful for the liver channel. And even just easy things like brisk walks it can be enough to get that liver chi moving. And even things like dancing when you're doing like non-linear types of movement, when you're just being more free, because that's a very liver type of thing. The liver always wants that freedom to move and explore. So by nourishing the liver, we can have a really big impact on ovulation and making sure that it's really nice and healthy and happening at the right point in your cycle.
0: Apart from what you've already mentioned there, are there any recommendations you have from a Chinese medicine perspective on how to nurture ovulation? I would
1: say that diet and lifestyle are probably the two biggest things that will have an impact on ovulation. So making sure that you're eating really well, making sure that you're getting as much nutrient-dense foods into your body as you possibly can is only going to help your cycle and help ovulation. Sleep is definitely key managing stress is key but one thing that can be really easy to incorporate is using lots of heat for your cycle because with ovulation we want to be encouraging lots of fresh healthy blood flow and it's through the blood that all of our hormones get transported around our body so if our circulation is restricted for whatever reason to our pelvis or to our uh, reproductive systems that can have an impact on ovulation and then on our periods And it's really common for people to have reduced blood blood flow throughout their pelvis, either due to like lots of sitting or lots of time in the car or desk work. It just completely reduces throughout the pelvis. So we want to make sure we're getting that good movement and good circulation throughout the pelvis. And moving can be really good for that. But then also applying heat, like doing just like hot water bottles on your tummy, heat packs, anything like that that helps to invigorate that blood flow to your reproductive system is only beneficial, especially before you ovulate. That wraps up our content
0: for today on ovulation, but you've made some really informative points there, Lauren. So thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of TCM Honoured by Your Tea. The views expressed on today's episode are those of the independent authors and commentators and do not constitute medical or pharmaceutical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review and subscribing. If you have any questions, you can reach us on Instagram at your tea, or by emailing us at hello@yourtea.com. At